Welcome to the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. My name is Glenn Gabriel, and I am a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. On today's episode, I'll look back and tell you about the best practice I had last season. I'll also introduce a new segment called Coaching Tidbit, where I'll give you a resource that you may find helpful in your own coaching. The day was Sunday, January 26, 2020, and it was shaping up to be a normal Little Rocks practice. I had an idea of how many kids and coaches were coming, and I had an idea of what kinds of activities and drills I wanted to do. But I decided to add something different. Right in the middle of practice, I decided to add a draw game. I divided all the kids into six teams, one team per sheet of ice. Now, because of the different ages and skill levels, I decided that neighboring sheets would play against each other. So, for example, sheets one and two were the oldest and most experienced kids, and they played full sheet. Sheets three and four were not as old and not as experienced, and they played three-quarter sheet. Finally, sheets five and six were the youngest kids, and they played half sheet. The rules of a draw game are fairly simple. The goal is to throw as many rocks into the house as possible. Any rock touching the house was worth two points. Any rock in play was worth one point. And a rock not in play didn't get any points. So, once all the kids got in position, I rang my school bell, and they all started throwing rocks. They threw as many rocks as they could in ten minutes, after which I rang the school bell again, signifying the end of the game. The team that received the most points in each pairing got a prize. Kinder Surprise Eggs. That 10-minute game was the highlight of my practices last season. Here's what I observed. After I rang the bell to start the game, the kids leapt into action. Sometimes my coaches feel like they're pulling teeth to get kids to do something. Well, in this case, my coaches could just stand back and let the kids do the driving. The kids were naturally doing some of the things that we were teaching them, but we always had to prod them to do. Things like getting the rocks back in place, getting ready to throw the next rock, standing in the right places. Even the youngest kids were getting it. After the 10 minutes were up, I rang the bell again, and I gave out an audible wow. I couldn't believe how successful that activity was. So, upon reflection, what did I learn from this experience? And why was this particular activity so popular with my coaches and kids? I came up with three reasons. First, if you frame the activity as a game, I think your kids are going to be more excited and want to be involved. The word drill doesn't really sound very attractive, but game does. In fact, there's a movement in youth sports that advocates for the use of games or the gamification of activities, especially for kids. So ask yourself, what are the skills you want to teach your kids? And how can you create a game to teach those skills? Second, I created a sense of urgency by giving them a deadline. Ten minutes. The kids knew exactly when the activity started and when it ended. 
it's better to keep your activities short and sweet. After all, if the kids love the activity, they'll come back wanting more. If they don't like the activity, well, you can just move on to something else. Third, the kids led the activity themselves. Of everything I saw that afternoon, the thing that impressed me the most was that the kids pushed themselves. They didn't need the coaches to tell them what to do. Quite the opposite. In fact, some of the kids stepped up themselves and became their own leaders. Coaches, ask yourself, how can I give more ownership of my practice activities to the kids? So, to recap the three lessons I learned from the draw game. One, the activity was presented as a game and not a drill. Two, there was a clear start and end to the activity. And three, the game didn't require supervision. In fact, the kids themselves led the activity. Now, if you decide to run this game or any other game, make sure you explain the game well in advance. For example, you can email your coaches beforehand and give them the heads up. On your printed lesson plan, make sure you describe it well and include a drawing of it. And before you start playing the game on the ice, gather everyone together, explain it one more time, and answer any questions. Try to keep things simple, and more people will likely understand it. Coaches hope that every practice will have a magic moment like the one we had last January. The fact is, we can't guarantee that they'll happen, but we can definitely increase the odds of them happening. Just remember some of the lessons we learned during that 10-minute draw game. Okay, now it's time for a new segment that I like to call Coaching, coaching Tidbit. In this segment, I share a piece of coaching information that may help you in your coaching education. Michael Lewis is an author probably most known for his books Moneyball and The Blind Side. He has his own podcast called Against the Rules, and in the first season, he focused on referees. Season two of the podcast focuses on coaches, and the specific question, who are the people trying to level the playing field, and are they making an impact? I'm looking forward to hearing the answer in upcoming episodes of Against the Rules. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. The intro and outro music for this podcast was Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.